Hello, friends. It's Todd, and I am currently out of the country on vacation. I'll be back Thursday, February 29th. So instead of a regular newscast-type show, please enjoy this deep dive interview. Make sure your brand is supporting some social causes and talk about that support on your social media. Doing so is basically a free pass to better brand perception, right? Take the recent Black Lives Matter movement. Did your brand donate? Did you put related hashtags on some tweets? Maybe even turn your channel over to a black influencer? Well, you should be good. Or should you? What if the advice we've been given all this time about support for social causes has been wrong? So wrong, in fact, it's actually been hurting your brand. Yang Wang is an assistant professor of marketing at the Fox School of Business at Temple University. He and his colleagues have just published some new research in the Journal of Marketing Science. His paper is called How Support for Black Lives Matter Impacts Consumer Responses on Social Media. He joins me now from Madison, Wisconsin. Dr. Wang, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be on. So let's get to the top results then. How does support for Black Lives Matter impact those consumer responses on social media? Thanks for asking. So in our research, we, we tried to look at um, one major event. So if your listeners recall, um, this is uh, when all of the protests were going down during the middle of the pandemic. Um, a lot of companies went on Instagram and posted black squares, which were uh, for this uh, Blackout Tuesday. Uh, Blackout yeah. Tuesday hashed. Right. Right. So um, we use this as sort of like a, a major event to look at firms that participated because it was mostly isolated to Instagram and a lot of other social media platforms didn't really have the same type of um, activity in terms of posting black squares. So um, we looked at within brand, same brand, their social media responses. So this is like the change in the number of followers that they got, the number of likes that they received um, after they participated in Blackout Tuesday on Instagram versus their own accounts on Twitter, which um, uh, after filtering out for the brands that did not participate. Um, so within this uh, between brand comparison, what we showed is that the brand's Instagram accounts lost followers relative to their Twitter accounts. Um, and this is, uh, we think, uh, pretty good causal evidence of uh, you know participation effects negatively impacting how consumers are engaging with your brand. Um, but we find you know this effect is you know very robust to different types of um, analyses. Um, including one where we looked at all of the historical um, BOM-related posts by the brands. And uh, in, in that uh, other um, second study, what we found was that you know, this um, negative backlash from consumers, um, as far as the social media backlash goes, is sort of isolated to instances where um, lots of other brands are also simultaneously supporting BOM. Um, so in the case where there's few brands supporting it, we don't see much of a negative impact. But when lots of brands are doing it, the brands that choose to participate tend to get backlash. It seems so counterintuitive. Why do you think this is happening? Yeah, so I think our explanation is kind of consistent with some of the existing research in, uh, that's been performed in labs. And the idea is that, you know, the Consumers are not naive, right? They, they can understand when brands are sort of taking advantage of the moment and not really being authentic um, to their you know, typical operations, right? So maybe you've never supported anything like this before. And because everybody else is doing it, right, the perception is that, you know, you're just joining on, on the bandwagon or jumping on the bandwagon. Um, and we find this authenticity explanation is consistent with a lot of the other um, 
effects that we have found. So, um, for instance, um, brands that have uh, pro-social missions, uh, mission statements um, that guide their uh, you know, operations that are generally supporting pro- pro-social causes. They have some mission beyond financial gains. These brands also did not suffer when they participated in Blackout Tuesday. Um, we found that brands that historically posted uh, things that um, were supporting uh, minority groups also did not suffer uh, when they participated during Blackout Tuesday. I wonder if this is related to to the um, post about or the comment you had in your paper about slacktivism. In your study, you said brands with Republican supporters experienced, of course, more backfiring effects of BLM support, as I think one would expect. But you said this can be partially mitigated through slacktivism. What is slacktivism? And isn't it bad? Yeah, so I think slacktivism in our paper, how we uh, operationalize it is whether or not you donated or announced that you donated money to the cause um, at the same time of posting messages supporting the cause. And uh, yeah, we find this really interesting divergent effect of slacktivism for Republican brands that have mostly Republican consumers and brands that have mostly Democratic uh, consumers. So for Democratic consumers, um, if you you practice slacktivism, so you support BLM, but don't say anything about donating, um, then the effects are backfiring. They become negative. But if you are a Republican uh, brand and you practice slacktivism, we find that the the effects are actually neutral to maybe slightly positive, um, which is uh, very interesting. I think um, uh, we don't go into the exact mechanisms. We don't have evidence of this, but I think my speculation is that, you know, if consumers, your customers expect you to participate because there's all this social pressure to participate, um, then if your consumers are not aligned with this issue, then the least um, commitment you can show to uh, participating might actually relieve you know, the concerns about some of your consumers who are misaligned with the, uh, with the movement. You studied the effect on social media, not on harder numbers like sales figures or stock price. But do you have a gut feel on how those would be affected? Would negative social media always mean negative financials? No, in fact, I, I think um, there's some good uh, research by you know, um, other uh, groups that um, have come out recently on um, this uh, Goya beings uh, incident. I don't know um, if you're familiar with this, where I think the the, the founder or the CEO of the Goya beings company um, uh, basically went on to on air to support Trump on Twitter, um, and then they, they got a bunch of backlash, right, from from liberal consumers who were like going on social media saying we're not going to buy your beans anymore. Um, and what they found was that the consumers, there was indeed this backlash on social media, but actually the 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 opposite of that was the sort of the uh, conservative consumers were actually going out and buying more of these beans uh, because of the, um, you know, they wanted to counter the, the, um, the narrative that's going on on social media. So in, in, in fact, right, um, what they found was on, on average, the, um, the sales effects was actually positive um, from, from that, uh, you know, negative social media uh, uh, inducing uh, event. Right? So you could have very different social media versus uh, immediate financial uh, consequences, um, but there's also a lot of literature that suggests that you know the social media um, impact on your long-term brand image is very important, right? And that could have um, set you up for long-term financial losses uh, in terms of uh, losing customers in the long run or not being able to gain these customers who are um, opposed to your cause in the long run. 
So it's a complicated calculus for businesses. It's sort of a balance between your current customers, what they want, and the backlash that you're going to get from the PR and uh, maybe how you want to position your brand in the long term. Is there any way to measure or forecast that before you decide on whether you're going to support and how you're going to support a social cause? Yeah. So, you know, based on our research, um, if you are just looking at the immediate social media in, um, you know, uh, response to your actions, um, what we find is that it, what you need is sort of consistency, right? So you, if you decide to go down this route, you need to be consistent with it, right? So if you're going to support one cause, you probably want to support you know, all the sort of relevant causes that your consumers will care about, um, right? Don't try to pick and choose. Don't try to, you know, only jump in when lots of other brands are uh, doing it. Um, so this consistency, which goes back to this authenticity principle, uh, I, I think is the key here, right? So if you haven't been doing this consistently and you want to change, it's, there's probably going to be a painful transition period, right, uh, before consumers can now um, be aligned with your brand image or, or you gain the new consumers who um, you, you want to attract with this uh, new pro-social brand image. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. And if you like the format of this podcast, you will love theirs. It's packed with information, but it's brief. Last week, they had a great rundown on car prices. Not just the numbers, but why car prices moved, how weather affects that market. It was super interesting. They also cover things like boosting your credit score, putting money away for retirement, saving on travel, and so on. So yeah, listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Putting our podcast and newsletter together can get complicated. We add show notes in one place, interview coordination in another, brainstorming somewhere else. It's easy to lose track of the big picture when you have to open a new window for every detail. With Miro, you can bring everything and everyone together in one place. Consolidate different points of view and increase team collaboration all on one centralized board. For instance, we used Miro to figure out the right flow for our newsletter automations. It let us get our team all contributing, including our ad agency people, and saved us a ton of time. And its new AI tool, which summarizes and clusters information automatically, was a game changer. Find simplicity in your most complex projects with Miro. Your first three Miro boards are free when you sign up today at Miro.com slash podcast. That's three free boards at Miro.com slash podcast. And, and there are a lot of social causes popular right now. You know, in the U.S., I'm thinking stop Asian hate, gun control, abortion, LGBTQ rights. I know you only studied the Black Lives Matter movement and in particular that that one portion of it. But do you think your findings would also apply to other big social causes? Yeah, I, I think the way we think about the Black Lives Matter movement um, is that it it's a social cause on racial lines. And I think, um, especially in the United States, that's a very specific type of uh, social cause, right? So if, if gun violence, for example, may not have the same type of um, reaction from all sides, right? Uh, so like, you know, banning the sales of guns, if you come out and say something along those lines, I, I don't think our research would um, necessarily speak to those type of social causes, but for maybe Asian hate, um, that may be aligned. 
Um, again, I, I think that's also, as an academic, I'm always uh, hesitant to make broad generalizations that are outside of what our data show. So uh, I would say it's that would be an interesting test. My gut feeling is that it probably has similar um, uh, similar type of impacts um, on the consumers. Um, we are doing some extensions to this paper, um, but not looking at other causes, but looking at the f- brands that do not participate um, during Blackout Tuesday, uh, which I think is also an interesting angle to think about. Um, so um, this is still ongoing research. It has not been published yet, but what we find is that among the brands that didn't participate uh, during Blackout Tuesday, um, they also experienced some uh, negative follower losses and uh, uh, feedback from consumers. Um, but this effect is explained away by, you know, if your close competitors are all sort of jumping on the bandwagon, so to speak, then you may um, be hurt by that collective action. Wait a minute. You found, <laughs> you found that if you did participate in Blackout Tuesday you, you on Instagram, you were likely to have follower loss. But if you did not participate, you would also have follower loss? but only for a very specific set of brands whose close competitors are all participating. So it may be a sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't situation where, you know, uh, I I am almost forced to do so to participate because my close competitors are doing it. And uh, and because of that, we all sort of suffer. It's like a prisoner's dilemma um, and uh, equilibrium that's bad for um, all the participating brands. Um, now that said, I think our, these decisions are not completely randomized, right? So if I choose not to participate, there might be a good reason why I choose not to participate, even though all my five or ten closest competitors are doing so. Um, so this research, we're still trying to, you know, flesh out the details and trying to think about the uh, better causal inference strategies to get at the you know true causal uh, impacts. Um, but it is kind of an interesting thing to point out, right, that brands might be put into a predicament because of how their competitors are behaving. Um, and because of that collective action, it might end up, um, at least on some metrics like social media, following and uh, you know, engagement could hurt everybody involved. I, I appreciate you speculating on, on potential causes. I, I know it's uncomfortable for scientists to do that. My wife is a scientist. When we were dating, I asked her, she went to see a movie with a friend. She came back, I asked her how the movie was. And instead of telling me her opinion, she asked me by what criteria I would like to know the uh, <laughs> her opinion. <laughs> so I uh, I understand the, the the struggle. What surprised you the most about your findings? I was just surprised that, you know, there was a negative impact at all. Um, I think academics and uh, I, I live in a large city uh, in Philadelphia and um, and everyone around me is a sort of leaning liberal, right? And uh, it seemed like this was something that everyone just accepted, right? That, uh, you know, brands should support this. Everybody should support these causes. Um, and uh, I, I think you could make an argument that maybe it's a moral responsibility to support um, injustice anywhere. And uh, so it, it seemed strange to me that there would be this type of backlash, Um but, uh, you know, it is interesting once you see the data that, in fact, it exists and it reminds you that not everybody shares, you know, the belief of the people around you in your little bubble. So bottom line, in light of your findings, what should marketers do differently from this day forward? I'm guessing this is going to be more about having a track record of supporting a cause rather than just jumping on something in the news cycle. 
Yeah. So I think if you want to be position your brand in, in that way, that we are you know, pro-social, we support all of these uh, you know, racial justice causes, right? Then you really need to do it. It needs to be part of your brand's DNA. It can't just be, you know, when it's in the news, I, I, I jump in. It has to be something that comes from an authentic place. Um, I think this probably is very intuitive for, um, you know, the people who are supporting these causes. And I think the brands should, you know, approach it that way as well. It's not sort of an opportunity to, you know, gain customers. It's an opportunity to demonstrate what your core values are. You had co-authors on your paper. Who were they? Yeah, so our co-authors, uh, Marco, um, who's also an assistant professor at Temple, Marco Chin. We have um, Shreming Luo, who's a, a professor at Temple University. And we also have our, our PhD student, Eric. Um, he was a second-year PhD student, so this is a you know, very nice thing um, to get a publication so early in his career. Well, Dr. Wang, it, it's fascinating research. I'm delighted you were able to share it with us. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. It's great to be on. Yang Wang is an assistant professor of marketing at the Fox School of Business at Temple University. His paper was just published in the Journal of Marketing Science. It's called How Support for Black Lives Matter Impacts Consumer Responses on Social Media. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.